Welcome to What's Your Hustle? In this episode, I have a chat with Shafia Khan. We talk about her inspiration for welcoming change, her journey from practicum student to caseworker with Nisa Holmes, a safe shelter for women who found the courage to leave domestically abusive households, homelessness, or are seeking asylum, and her drive to take care of those around her. So let's get into it. Here's What's Your Hustle, Nisa Holmes, with my guest, Shafia Khan. Hey guys, it's Halima from What's Your Hustle, and I am here today with Shafia Khan. And Shafia is from Nissa Homes, and her position there is a caseworker. When did I meet you? I met you four years ago now. Four, yeah. Yeah. Four yeah. And for those of you um, wondering if the if the audio quality is a bit off, it's because we're doing this through a Zoom call. We are doing our part in this crazy time to social distance, and uh-huh. it's it's been a time. It's been fun for me. It's mostly I'm blessed enough to still be working and working from home. I live by myself, so it's been hard because you know you can't really talk to your walls because they don't talk back to you. And once they start doing that, then you know you're crazy and you gotta move, because those are ghosts, <laughs> and <laughs> to get out of there. <clears throat> but how has uh, the transition in this last month, really, of being social distanced um, worked for you? How has it been? It's been... I, I guess everyone could say that, unless you have kids at home, stuck inside. Um... Been pretty quiet for me. It's good that I can still go to work. I have I work like a day from home now, um, which is okay. My husband's still working, so that's good. So we're not stuck together all the time. Otherwise, we'd lose it. Um, but yeah, just a lot more free time. Watching a lot of Netflix, eating a lot of food. So can't complain, I guess. You moved to Edmonton two years ago from Vancouver. And what has that transition been like for you? Um, it's been okay. It's been pretty good. I think Edmonton isn't as bad as everyone thinks it is. <laughs> um, I don't mind the snow, so I guess that works for me. And it's it's like slower paced and it's more quiet compared to Vancouver, but I kind of enjoy that. Like there's never any traffic here. Um, there's only a train once in a while. But apart from that, I mean, the hardest thing is being away from family and friends, but they still seem close enough because obviously you can still talk to them and technology and things like that. And they're just an hour away. So I don't feel as far away um, from them. And, yeah, that's it's not that bad. And it's nice that they are, when they can, except for the time we're in now, that they come and they visit and... You go there and you visit, again, it's an hour away, and your mom cooks all yeah, your favorite yeah. food, and... Yeah, it's close enough that I don't miss home as much, um, and then it's nice to... I think my husband appreciates that it's just us here anyways. What was your past position in Vancouver that will bring us to what we're going to talk about later in the episode? So after I did my diploma in social work, I used to work in group homes mainly, with um, individuals who had mental illnesses, um, autism, FASD, things like that. 
just it was assisted living some of them were more independent than than others um helping them with like going to school so based on your past position in vancouver and your current position as a caseworker where did that drive come from to be to want to make a difference in someone's life in terms of this type of hands-on help um i think i was always sort of in a i don't want to call it a caretaker position but like my mom is a nurse and we used to live with both of my grandparents both sets of grandparents growing up and so i always saw that role in my mom whether it was at work or at home she was always taking care of people and growing up being the only girl in the home that kind of um it became normal to me so if my mom wasn't able to do something i would do it for my grandparents and they were older or they were sick or whatever and that kind of just became our normal um so i was used to that like taking care of people and being able to you know work under those kind of conditions that other people might not be so comfortable in so it kind of came normal to me but that being said I didn't want to be a nurse because my mom was a nurse. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to be a nurse. I hate hospitals. I don't want to, like, you know, clean people's bums. I'm not doing that. So this was kind of like another way of doing it without um, – it was it was another way of helping people and being in, like, the social service without being a nurse. So it was, mm-hmm. like, it was another way. And I guess, what did you originally study in school? Was this always something like social work that you wanted to do or – no, I think I wanted to get into medical in some way. Like, I thought I'm going to be, like, a um, radiology, radiology technician or something like that. Like, something cool that nobody had ever done. Yeah. Um, but as that got closer, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And um, I never really, really pursued it, so I didn't get very far into it. Um, and then some things just happened in my life, and I was like, you know, you know what? This is the way that I want to go. I want to help children. I want to help people who are a little bit more vulnerable. I really wanted to help women who are in difficult situations, um, women who are fleeing like domestic violence and things like that. I really wanted to get into that. So then I ended up doing my diploma in social work. And being in a family of being just the only girl, does that play a significant part in your choice to wanting specifically to help women? Being a, a woman, you see certain things that men just don't notice. Um, you understand like a woman's role in, in relationships and in households that uh, my brother, for example, wouldn't notice. It's just, it's normal to them, right? Mm-hmm. They don't understand that women do so much, whether it's like not necessarily an abusive relationship, but like say, you know, your mom does so much more than, than she's asked for, Yeah. Right? things like that and the kind of tolls that takes on someone now if you put in their financial stress and like you know relationship problems and family problems and culture and blah 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 blah, like so many things a lot of things can take a toll on a woman um and sometimes she's in a situation that she doesn't know how to get out of Mm -hmm. she doesn't know how to get that help because it's something we don't talk about as women either because like you said we take on the we take on financial stress, we take on family caregiving stress, we take on everybody else's problems and stress because we want everyone to live in a happy household that we tend to forget our own mental health and emotional health and physical health that, you know, it's something that we definitely do need to get back to. Is that something that's an inspiration to you helping we're, we're going to go into, but helping the women that come you come across in your everyday? Um, I, I mean, I think that's something that I, I even need to work on, that, you know, 
not taking on more that you could handle or like recognizing when you're getting stressed out um, and realizing how to cope with that, whether it's work or with anything else, I need to learn how to do that myself. But I wanted to work with women specifically, women and children, because um, a few years ago, it was about five or six years ago, my mom's sister was actually in an abusive relationship and um, she tried to get away and she did get away, but her estranged husband found her and he did take her life. So that is what originally got me into this kind of stuff because I saw that, like that was different for me because I've heard about relationships where there was domestic violence and you know, my dad has six sisters and half of them have been through things like that in different forms, right? Whether it was financial or keeping your wife away from her family or you know, physical and stuff like that. But it never ended up that bad, right? So you don't think, it was almost like normal. It wasn't, not normal, but I mean, it wasn't a tragic story, right? Mm-hmm. As the women at the end of the day, they were okay. Their children were okay. Whether they got away or they stayed in the relationship, they were fine. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it was kind of the first time that I have ever heard of someone so close to me that she actually lost her life. Yeah, it went really hard. It takes a different toll as opposed to hearing about someone on the news that you don't really know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this time it was different because... I was getting older and I realized that, you know, she actually did try to get away. She got away and she started, you know, living her own life and um, just the past and stuff like that, taking everything into account. But she had that strength to get away. She had that courage to get away, but she wasn't able to because he got her at the end. Yeah. Uh, And it's a really sad story. And so that's why I I decided that, you know, not only am I going to help with women and children, but I want to help. I specifically wanted to work in a women's shelter because that's that safe space for them that the women that do have the courage and do are brave enough to get away, they need that kind of space so that they can stay safe. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's how I, I got into that specifically. Which brings us to where you currently work. What is Nisa Homes? So Nisa Homes is a shelter for women. Um, it's run by Muslim women. We are a Muslim organization. It's the first of its kind. So um, they never had anything like this for Muslim women before. They cater to Muslim women and they're um, sensitive to culture, but we, we, we help anyone that needs help. So I'm a caseworker there. And they started off in Ontario and they have six homes at the moment across Canada. Um, and they're not an emergency shelter. So emergency shelters sort of take anyone and everyone, and you can only stay there for two or three weeks. Um, so Nissa Homes has an application process, and you have to be, like, willing to do things for yourself because we're not staffed 24-7. So it's not it's not exactly the initial stage, like, if you were going to leave home. Um, that's why we have an application process. We ask you questions. Mm-hmm. We make sure that you're safe first. So it's not like if you're in danger, like, you need to please still call the police or call someone else for help. Yeah. Um, but after that, we do help you get up back on your own feet, such as like trying to get you um, in touch with any legal help or um, the, the goal is to get you permanent housing afterwards. So it's kind of like that second stepping stone to get you back up on your feet. How did you get involved with Nisa Homes? When I heard about them in Vancouver, they were just starting up. I think they were the second home was in Vancouver. Um, while I was living there and I was doing my social work program. Mm -hmm. So I ended up asking to have my practicum done there. Um, And so I was with them for three months and that's the first time that I got to work with them. What has this full circle moment been like for you from 
your practicum to now being in Edmonton and working for them? I think that when I look back and think of how I was when I was a practicum student, I was so like, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so immature. And, and um, I remember one day I was like, I was just, I don't know if I was engaged or we were just dating, but I was fighting with him at work one day. And it was so unprofessional. Yeah, I couldn't, I, I remember I was like, I couldn't talk on the phone properly. Like I was nervous and I was shy. Yeah. Um, and And who I was working with, the caseworker that was there at the time that I was shadowing, she is now the national manager. Wow. So, it's, so I told her it's when, very... when, I was going in, when I was going in for my interview, I was like, I swear I've changed. Like, please trust me. I'm not the same. I'm not the same. Um, I, was, I, I think I've, I've gone much better. I've seen a lot more. I have more experience now. I worked at a few more places in between before I came back here um, and got hired. So that helped. You literally went through a growth because yeah like practicum and school and stuff like that it, it doesn't prepare you for the real world right right you have to go through those things and see those cases firsthand in order to understand like okay how am I going to deal with this right because even now like when I started working here it's so hard in the beginning it was so hard the first couple cases you get and, and you come home and you're like oh my god what did I get myself into yeah right and you you stay up at night thinking about it and you don't know what to do and it's it's a lot of like um mental and emotional pressure right you come across women from different walks of life that come into nisa homes and throughout your various life experiences they come into your life for various reasons of course in your position you're always professional compassionate and want the best for the families you come across but what toll does that take on you mentally you have to i keep telling myself that i need to have boundaries and and barriers um but it's hard to do that with work it's really hard to do that because some of these women that come into the home, you're like the first friendly face that they meet and they need that communication and connection. And, you know, I tell them that you can message me any time of the day, but the reality is I'm not available any time of the day. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I can't be, I can't let them just, you know, message me at 2am because they want to talk. Right. It's, it's not healthy for them. It's not healthy for me. Right. right? It's not fair to either one of us. Cause so, you both still need to maintain life because again you're setting them up for real life and in real life when they get on their feet 2 a.m is you know they're either hopefully working or taking care of their family or sleeping or preparing for the next day Mm -hmm. so when i've in the beginning it was really hard like i would sit there and i think oh my god how am i supposed to help this person i don't know what to do like i don't know left from right how am i going to do this um, but experience helps with that. And also what I've done now is like talking to colleagues obviously is the best help, um, getting as much help as you can. But what I've started to do is when someone comes, you know, everyone has their own story. They have their own baggage. They have their own background. I give them a few days to just, you know, we're not going to do any work. You need to relax. You need to get used to your new environment. You need to get comfortable and realize that you are safe and you are okay now. Yeah. And when that sort of, when that sense sets in, then we can start doing some work. Yeah. Because if I sit here and I dwell on your story and I feel bad for you, we're not going to get anything done. And it, it doesn't help them any to grow because they're always looking behind them to see if something is going to happen. As opposed to yeah. taking that breath and realizing, like you said, 
you're safe now and we're here to help you grow. What are some things that you do for yourself to combat that mental break that you need, especially when you're trying to take your boundaries and enforce them and, you know, take time for yourself? The hardest thing is putting down your phone. Yeah. <laughs> and not reading those messages and not answering. Um, easy things are like, you know, having a bubble bath, going for a walk. Um, I'm not really good at self-care. <laughs> like, I don't read as much. <laughs> I don't read at all. I should read. Um, I've started painting, but that's like my, that's my COVID coping thing. So I don't know if it's like self-care. <laughs> um but talking about it, I think, is is the most beneficial. Either talking to your coworkers, talking to my husband, um, getting it out, I think that helps me the most. So I can actually hear hear the words. Like, it's not just all in my head. I can say how I'm feeling and why I feel how I feel. And it helps to hear that back. And whether someone's telling me that, okay, you need to calm down, or no, you're right for feeling that way. Right? It makes you feel more rational in your thought yeah what have you learned about yourself besides obviously the growth from your practicum to now but what have you learned from yourself from getting married moving to a brand new city where you know you're meeting a bunch of new people what have you learned about yourself in this whole big transition within the last really five years I used to think of myself as someone that didn't like change. And I thought, no, I need routine. I need the same thing. I need to know what's happening. I can't deal with the unknown. But obviously, my life has proved that I need change. And I'm adaptable. And I can deal with what the situation is, whether it's work or like, I changed my whole living situation. My whole life is upside down, like what it wasn't ever before. Yeah. Um, And even with work, like I said, every case that comes in is different. Every single one, there's nobody that has the same story. And you have to learn how to work with that and what to do and how to help these women um, without having that reference to something else. So I think I I deal well with change. I think I'm good with change. I think I prefer it because it keeps things exciting. For change for yourself, that's obviously something that drew you to Nisa Holmes because it is allowing these women to change their circumstance and have a better life for themselves is this something that you definitely would carry with you throughout your life to be open to possibilities of especially now with um with covid we're all kind of filled with this dread let's say we're all filled with this when is it gonna happen it feels like it's not gonna change is that something that you would say just to keep the optimism that there is going to be a change and change is good. Yeah, I think that's something that you have to keep understanding whether it's like you want to talk about anything, like you talk about life, like when bad things happen, they don't last forever. Or things always change. When good things happen, that doesn't last forever. I think that's something that you just need to understand and, and accept. Like when you're in when you're stuck in something, you feel like it's never gonna end. But everything changes, everything moves on and that's just with everything I think it's it could I hope you take it in a good way but it could also be negative that good things just don't last forever yeah things don't last forever nothing lasts you need to you need to accept that and grow from it and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. music is a big part of my life especially as I grow and change I find new music to inspire me to 
help me get through my emotions is what are um some of your top five songs so i was thinking about that question and i don't have an answer oh it's okay um, i listen i listen to anything and everything i listen to rock music i listen to sad music i listen to old music i listen to um like soca music now is i don't know how that happened <laughs> welcome to I- welcome to guyana <laughs> Um, I can tell you I have a favorite song, but it's inappropriate, so I can't even tell you that. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Kanye and Jay-Z, and they're in Paris, and that's all we're going to Oh, play. that song. Okay. That song. Yeah. That song. <laughs> from that, I listen to anything and everything, and it's almost like I just need something on in the background when yeah. I'm driving, especially, but I'm not... I'm not picky in my particular. For those looking for information on Nisa Holmes, whether for guidance or to volunteer, where can they find it? So everything is on our website. It's at nisahomes.com. Um, the application, if you if you are someone in need, you can just apply right there on the website and submit it. Um, there's a place to donate if anyone is interested in that. Um, if you have any other questions or want to know anything else specific, you can email info at nissahomes.com or call 1-888-456-8043. And I will put the details to Nissa Homes in the description of this episode for anybody looking for any information. As a caseworker, what is one message you want to send to those that find themselves struggling to stand on their own two feet and for those looking for a place to start? Um, I think there's a statistic that says that a woman, it takes her about seven times. She tries seven times before she can actually leave her home. Um, and work, working in, in this field, I've noticed that that is very true. Um, someone that's in, in a difficult situation, I think I can't really give any advice because it, it depends on them. It depends on, you know, when a woman is, is in that position where she's thinking about leaving her home, there's so many things going on in her head, um, whether she's thinking about her children or her husband or her family or her parents or what will people say or how am I going to survive or, you know, money. There's so many things that go on in your head. Um, but I would like to say that if a woman ever gets to that point after those many tries, after thinking about everything, and she still has the courage to leave, she has a place to go. And I would say to other people that if someone does if you know someone that is going through that and they have that courage to leave their home, just help them because it was so hard for them to do that. Thank you for listening to What's Your Hustle, created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Halima Hussain. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Your Hustle Podcast. Subscribe, listen, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, as well as anywhere else you stream podcasts. And until next time, whatever your hustle is, you got this.